1: Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape presented to you in partnership by Blogging the Boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content and Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from BGNI and Margeo Cho from BTB. You can listen to this show on both the Blogging the Boys and Bleeding Green Nation podcast networks, the biggest crossover ever attempted in the history of mankind. Brandon, happy week nine to you, sir.
2: Happy Eagles trade for Carrie Vincent jr. RJ right as we were about to do this podcast, actually delayed our production here, had to write about that big blockbuster move. So I think it's safe to say the Eagles are winning the NFCs right now. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I sent you a tweet actually a little bit before we started recording from a different Eagles fan account. Um, obviously not as good as bleeding green nation. Um, that said the Eagles are just one game back of the final wildcard spot in the NFC. So, um, you know, just you know, si- signs of a poverty franchise, really is all I have to say. I mean, imagine <sighs> have, having to cling to the final wild card spot. I really can't it's so beneath me at this point. I really can't imagine. It.
2: it is pathetic how pathetic the NFC is in terms of like obviously there's the powerhouses at the top, uh Cowboys among them, very unfortunately for Eagle fans. But uh after that, it's just it's weak sauce, man. I mean, you know, looking at the standings here uh that you sent over and everything, it's just like like Carolina is really going to like make the playoffs like really like Sam Darnold in the playoff like who wants to see that no one wants to see that
1: I had this thought on Sunday night after the Cowboys got their thrilling victory that we're going to talk about that the Vikings are maybe a team that they could play in the wild card round if they don't get the first round by but like that's tell me that's impossible you can't you know what I mean like it's 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 possible. Welcome to a world with three wild cards. Uh, we certainly encourage all of you to subscribe to whatever podcast provider or excuse me, podcast network uh suits your fandom, whether you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan. If you are, head on over to Bleeding Green Nation. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, head on over to Blog of the Boys, subscribe to your favorite one, but Leave a rating on both. You can do the cross rating. Go to the other. You don't have to subscribe. Won't contaminate your phone and write a review. Five-star rating, but write whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. And BLG, as I understand it, we have a couple of reviews on the Bleeding Green Nation site.
2: We do. So we have two. A big, really, like, hot topic issue, RJ, was our candy takes from last week. You know, I encourage the listeners to weigh in. So, you know, I want to interact. RJ doesn't. It's fine. Well, we uh, would I only show,
1: wanna... like, in in all podcasts, radio, television format last week to talk about candy ahead of Halloween. So original it's idea. It's true. Past.
2: Cutting edge uh, podcasting. You're getting only here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed and the Blogging the Voice podcast feed. Uh, this review comes from RTS space T lowercase S I M. So it's like missed backwards. Uh, Anyway, I have no idea what's going on there, but subject is mixtape candy, five stars. The review RJ goes like this. Candy corn is a garbage candy. I can't believe that is what you guys agreed on. Also, you can of course get candy corn year round. There is so much surplus of that garbage that they, they haven't made a new bat since the Cowboys won a playoff game. So nice little shot in there on the Cowboys. Uh, also a wrong take about the being at garbage candy. It is not. And then the other one real quick before you react to all this is uh, milk duds are the best movie snack ever. That comes from Costa Coast.
1: Um, so first of all, um, I get, okay, great. I actually talked about this with John Stolness, um, on BGN radio when the Cowboys played the Eagles, excuse me, before the Cowboys demolished the Eagles 41 to 21 on a Monday night football. And I don't have a problem with like the Cowboy shots. Just be creative. You know what I mean? Like the, the one thing I is a little, it's not even annoying. It's just, it's lame. It's like, when people are like, well, let me, you have to bust out your VHS to watch the Cowboys, you know, Super Bowl highlights. Okay. Like you want to insult the Cowboys fine, but bring some creativity to the the table here that's all I ask uh but um the candy corn thing like you and I are are like I it's a thing to hate candy corn like I don't think either of us is saying like man I can't wait to watch a movie and sit down with a like a a trunk full of candy corn it's a thing where it's like if if there's (laughs) some if there's some in the house you know what I mean or the the party or the bowl you're walking by you'll have a couple pieces it's fine it's not the end of the world on the subject of milk duds I disagree with our friend Costa uh and I will tell you why in you and I are weirdly often simpatico on some of these things, so I think you will be. They're too, um, I guess, like sensitive to the warmth of your hand. You know what I'm saying? Like you put a couple in your hand, and they start to like not melt, but they leave a little bit of residue. And so then your like hands are dirty, and you're you're having to like lick your hands and wipe them on your pants and stuff. And you're you, you've got that that thought in your head the whole movie. Nah, I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, I think
2: that's fair to say. Um, I would definitely not say they're the best movie snack. We already identified that, which is Bunch of Crunch. It's just the perfect. Um, I, I don't mind Milk Duds, but like they're not, I don't think, you know, they're they're goat tea or anything. Uh, last thing I'll say on the candy corn front, RJ, is I believe the candy corn hate is something that a podcast that used to exist that I listened to called Art of the Take, which is a podcast about takes. Um, they had something they created called Accidental Viral Critical Consensus, ABCC. And it's basically like, you know, all these opinions you see on the internet where everyone like, it, it's like the popular thing to say, like, like oh, Nickelback sucks. sucks. Yeah. Nickelback sucks. Mm-hmm. Candy corn yeah. sucks. Deep dish pizza sucks. Like, it's like, just like, okay, maybe you believe in some of those things, but I feel like it just, they get said, I think, more than people actually truly believe in them. It just becomes like, again the consensus somehow. Like, and I hate that. I hate when there's just like a boring consensus. So I always like to push back against that, like I do with Justin Fields specifically. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Agreed.
1: Nickelback is fine. Like they have some, some songs that I'm earlier I'm, stuff.
2: Yeah. earlier I'm, stuff I'm is fine.
1: Very happy to have in my music library. You know what I mean? Like no qualms with it whatsoever. You know, it's okay. Like you can admit these things, uh, not a review BLG, but did want to give a shout out on Twitter to at Philly kale. That's K A L E. Um, could not review, was a Spotify user, as I understand, uh, but couldn't find a way to review on Apple Podcasts. Those are where reviews, uh, if we're being frank with you all, like we always are, are kind of you know worth it a little bit more. If you have an iPhone, uh, like BLG and I do, something we are go on as well, uh, head on over and uh, write the review in the Apple Podcast. Set. But on Twitter, this is the comment BLG says, I'm a day one listener and will continue. And obviously, uh, somebody asked us, I think, in a review what um, like duo we would be. And we kind of settled on Batman and the Joker. Um, But Philly Kale disagrees, says you're not Batman and Joker. You're Batman and Superman. And SB Nation is the Justice League. You both think differently and clash at times. But you're ultimately looking for the same results with great content. And BLG, I know you're wondering who is who. Uh, Philly Kale adds. At R.J. Ochoa is Superman, because Cowboys want the spotlight. And at Brandon Galton is Batman, because Philly is a rough and gritty place. Keep up the good work, gentlemen, and look forward to future episodes. Uh, I won't read the hashtag because it's really not necessary. Uh, But uh, you're Batman. I'm Superman. That kind of works, I think, here a little bit.
2: Did you ever know Gotham is supposed to be kind of like based off Atlantic City in New Jersey? I did know that so it's not kind of weird or I mean, maybe maybe it isn't weird to you because you don't have as much familiarity with the area but that's really weird to me and if, if you've ever been to ac i think you would also see how that's weird um yeah i just thought that that was always interesting i never really got that uh but i will take batman in the in the case of batman versus superman superman's boring sorry
1: i will um add to that and say like have you ever seen smallville the tv show i did yeah good show um it's a good show but watch For the, its time I, yeah i feel like there's a complex we all experience watching it where it's frustrating watching Clark can't deal with things because in the back of your mind, you're like, you're Superman, dude. You know what right. I mean? Just just like do figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, OK, enough with the tangential stuff. It's okay. time to get into the NFL's most storied division, BLG. And as always, we go in. <laughs> it is the most storied. I mean, it, it's not great now, but it is inarguably the most storied. Uh, we go in division standing order. The Dallas Cowboys for the fourth, fifth week in a row uh, are in first place in the NFC East. A six in one record to feel very proud of. And BLG, something we've been saying at Blogging the Boys ever since Sunday night was that the Dallas Cowboys of old do not win the game that they did on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. You can now count two NFC East quarterbacks who have won big games at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota, Nick Foles for the Eagles once upon a time, and Cooper Rush for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. In fact, BLG, the Cowboys have lost this game before to Mike McCarthy. I was at this game in 2013 when the Cowboys took a 26 to three lead into halftime with Tony Romo and Des Bryant and miles Austin. And most importantly, Jason Garrett at the controls and they lost to Mike McCarthy's Packers led by Matt Flynn. So it's nice to be on the receiving end uh, or the giving end, I guess, of this particular phenomenon Cowboys fans are on cloud nine right now. And I, I know that you really can't find a reason to argue with that. Have you
2: come over to my side of being out on Kirk cousins or no? (laughs)
1: Um, this did not help my <laughs> my argument uh, that he is not as bad as most people think. And what's interesting is the Kirk Cousins is bad thing is one of those opinions you hate that people just love to jump on. So you're a little bit of a you know contradictory presence here, kind of like Batman. You know, you hate crime, but you're breaking the law all the time. But um, if anything, this game was like bad for Mike Zimmer. He was the real like thing in this game. I cannot believe BLG. And I saw Shio Capadia wrote about this in the athletic that it is literally Kapati, excuse me. It is literally in the rule book that if a coach tries to call a second timeout in a row, that the referee is supposed to ignore them. That is so dumb to me. Why? If the coach is trying to like break the rule, they should be penalized. And, you know, along that line of thought, Mike Zimmer was penalized. He said after the game, "BLG, I, I cannot believe this. The Cowboys played this dance all week long. Will Dak Prescott play? Will he not play? I really don't know if they had made their mind up or if they went all the way down to Sunday night. But Mike McCarthy, on some level, legitimately, literally believes that it is some sort of advantage to like hide what you're doing from your opponent." And I think that like an overwhelming majority of coaches don't have that play a factor for them. But Mike Zimmer does. Xavier Woods, former Cowboy, who basically said they gave no effort last year, said that they prepped for Dak Prescott all week. Dude, Mike Zimmer, I'm so out on him. I was never like in on him. But uh, Mike mm. McCarthy obviously knows him and pulled a fast one over him. He outcoached him. This was a great game for Mike McCarthy. Bad game for Mike Zimmer.
2: I think a great game for the Cowboys as a whole, obviously getting a win with Cooper Rush, who you hated and thought, you know, uh, and not for that like, reason. They cut
1: him last year.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not blaming you, but I'm just saying like, you know, in the preseason you were talking about like, hey, I wish, you know, the, the Cowboys had traded for Gardner Minshew so we don't have to rely on Cooper Rush here. Uh, I think, and I, <laughs> you're going to love this. You, you should probably put it in a headline or clip it or something. RJ, I hate to say it. I think the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. I really do. I really think this is going to be it because like this is the kind of game in that season. You know, I said at the beginning of the year uh, and I'm just going to have to take the else, you know, <laughs> about how, you know, week one was this a great moral victory. And and, and I, th- I still think that was overboard at the time uh, about how Cowboys were reacting about that game. But they've obviously been really good since and i think the, the the vibes are really bad at the beginning of the year and i said is this the start of the super bowl season really when you're having you know Lyle collins get hurt like he did and michael gallup and and like you know all the the wild suspended
1: just to be clear just sorry for-
2: yes yeah, suspension, yeah. like this, and then the michael gallup injury like just all this you know just stuff going on and it's like okay uh, DeMarcus Lawrence obviously getting hurt like all that stuff does not point to me and then, and then like the weird Dak situation all that doesn't sit like scream to me this is the beginning of the Super Bowl season and uh, you know Cowboys choking the playoffs as you know they do uh, so I'm not going to just you know hate them Lombardi just yet, but I I honestly feel like the vibes are really good for them and the way they won this. And I felt like they're going to win this game at a certain point, like not like, you know, from the jump, but at a certain point in the game, I was just like, they're going to win this game because first of all, the Vikings are losers, especially cousins. And obviously Zimmer wasn't good, but the defense was playing well. I thought the defensive line played really well, specifically for the Cowboys. Um, obviously held the Vikings to what, like one of 13 or whatever, on third down, like part of that is the Vikings being inept, but part of that, you have to give the Cowboys credit for holding them to that, and I don't think this defense is elite, but they're playing, you know, pretty inspired football under Dan Quinn right now, and obviously, uh, the offense is humming, and if Cooper Rush can have success, it, I think, undermines Dak Prescott's uh, MVP (laughs) campaign, Uh, but yeah. I saw you write
1: that in your power rankings post. Um, So, the Vikings BLG had three possessions Start with or start. Excuse me. With sixty or less yards to go, that's a scoring possession for functional NFL offenses. They got three points total out of those three entire drives. Um, and you mentioned this. You said you thought the Cowboys were going to win this game. And by the way, I'm totally going to clip this or that uh, a little while ago. So make sure you to check, check us out on Twitter. Um, but I and I think you'll agree with this. It it didn't feel like I didn't have that that feeling like that in that verbiage like oh the cowboys are going to win this game but i did think the vikings are going to lose this game and that's why i harken back to that 26 to 3 comeback that mike mccarthy had against the cowboys is that's like that's not a game that like you come back to win like a series of events has to unfold in a particular way for you to lose a game like that where you have a monstrously whatever the 28 to three Super Bowl with ironically Dan Quinn who's now a big reason for this Cowboys success I mean but you know like that's what it was to me like the Vikings are going to find a way to lose and Mike McCarthy's Cowboys are going to find a way to just be stable and and to just kind of capitalize on how the Vikings lose this game and that's what they did you know the Cowboys didn't get any turnovers in this game lost a turnover battle you know two to nothing or negative two, however you want to put it. And if you had told me, because they had been so opportunistic, that's something we've been talking about this whole season that, you know, like the Trayvon Diggs pick six against the Patriots, their, their turnovers are coming at the exact right time. If you had told me that they were going to win a game where they lost the turnover battle by this margin, I would have said there's no way on earth that that happens in a game where Dak Prescott doesn't have like a 400 yard carries them to victory kind of game. And so for it to be Cooper rush, I mean, dude, like I really, I, I cannot think of a game like this in, in a long time that the Cowboys have played. I kind of thought about, I don't know if you remember in 2008, um, ironically with the Eagles getting a 44 to six win this week of all weeks. uh, But uh, Tony Romo missed three games with a broken pinky. And the Cowboys did beat the Buccaneers with Brad Johnson at quarterback, but that was a different thing. Um, They did barely win that game. I believe the final score was 13 to nine, but still, I mean, he was, you know, not on his own accord, but he was a Super Bowl winner, you know, veteran guy. Like, this was Cooper Rush's first NFL start. And so I really just am so impressed with what Mike McCarthy has done with this team. They, I hate the cliches like they never give up, they never say never, blah, blah, but it's, it's kind of true to a certain degree. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. I think
2: the interesting thing about this game is we've talked, A lot about how, you know, the Cowboys don't have a tough schedule and, you know, not trying to hold that against them in terms of they play who's on the schedule, blah, blah, blah. Stats like to to say that a lot, by the way. I'm like, yeah, I know that's how it works. Uh, But um, stats who definitely listens to this podcast, by the way, and will appreciate that reference I just made. Uh, So like knowing that, though, uh, it's kind of disappointing that you're not going to see the Cowboys have these big measuring stick games. Uh, But this kind of was that in a way, because like, you know, when you take out Dak Prescott and you have to win with Cooper Rush, like that kind of, it's not the same thing as beating an elite team, but like, you know, it's closer to that than just obviously just rolling over a a totally inferior team when you have that disadvantage working on you. And I think, as I've said before, a hallmark of good coaching and a team in general is how you respond to an adverse situation. And the Cowboys responded really positively in this regard. Um, Another thing that I wanted to bring up here, is I mean the offense just like it I like I was kind of joking a little bit with the deck thing, obviously. But I mean there's some truth to like if Cooper Rush can come in and step in like this, like it's it's more than just the quarterback, like the system is 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 in a good place right now. And obviously, you know, if Cooper Rush is gonna be the quarterback for the rest of the season, like they're not gonna they're not gonna go anywhere and do this well, but they would be like a decent team, a decent offense probably. Uh and I think and this is another thing you can probably clip. And uh, I don't love to say, but man, Cedric Wilson having a huge game uh, and it's making me feel like the Cowboys have four receivers better than the Eagles do. Uh, That's great. Now, I will say in that I believe I genuinely believe in my heart of hearts that uh, I like Quest Watkins uh, and I think Devontae Smith would be a lot better. The quarterback who doesn't consistently like miss him, although Devontae has been struggling with a couple drops recently. um, So I'm not going to say it's 0% his fault. But yeah, I mean, like when you have like the nfl is about offense and when you have four pretty good wide receivers you're in a good spot what i'm trying to say
1: and they have and i don't mean to just like rub it in or annoy you or annoy the eagles listener here but they have one of the best tight ends in the nfl this season in Dalton schultz they have one of the best running games their offensive lines a little bit beat up now we'll see what tyron smith's status is uh, for Sunday against the Denver Broncos but you know sometimes like you mentioned Super Bowl championship seasons like you can look at every single championship season and find lucky breaks that those teams caught in their their ride or their run there and the Cowboys in a game that they might need to rest Tyron Smith suddenly will not be playing Vaughn Miller on the Denver Broncos so um, you know nice little bounce nice little break for them but you're right um, I know you weren't saying what you did to seriously you know diminish Dak Prescott but it it is it is a great sign that the offense it's not just him being elite and I think like you look at uh like the Kansas City Chiefs like it's not just Patrick Mahomes it's you know not playing at an elite level there it's the whole offense like you know you, you can't if you just have the quarterback you don't have enough sometimes and thankfully the Cowboys seem to be in a positive space there uh you mentioned Quez Watkins hey the Eagles, BLG moved up. They're second place in the NFC East, which means they get talked about second here on the NFC East mixtape. Uh, a big victory, mentioned it, forty-four to six against the Detroit Lions. And I, I actually don't know if this apology is more necessary to Eagles or Lions fans because I picked the Lions to win. Not a unique thing, not a hip thing. Everybody was picking the Lions to win last week, but looking back on it, obviously it made sense. Uh, The Lions have obviously played a little bit more gumption than the Eagles have this season, but they were so, like, spent. We talked about how they just, like, threw everything at the Rams, so it kind of made sense they were going to be running on fumes. And kudos to the Eagles for capitalizing on that. I do also want to say at the very beginning that I demand my props because I said that Nick Sirianni wanted every Eagles fan in the Philly area, in the Jersey, Gotham City area, to be dressing like him with the highlighters on their visors for Halloween And what happened, BLG? He got his wish.
2: I don't think he wanted them to be dressing like him in a mocking way, though. (laughs) It was very like...
1: But I 100% believe he wanted that. He he wants, and he wants to be like, guys, this is is so silly, man. I just wear the highlighter because I got to highlight stuff during the game. But go birds, man. (laughs) Ha ha. You know, like, he totally wanted that.
2: I don't believe it. Um, I'm not trying to like not give you credit. I just I don't. I just generally don't think he thinks this way. Maybe he does, and you're right. I just that's not in my mind. That's not the way I think about it. I and again, a lot of the costumes were like not honoring him <laughs> as much as they're like mocking him, um, especially before the Lions game, uh, which like it's kind of. I mean, I'm not in a great spot with this win. Like it just it doesn't feel. It kind of feels hollow to me because it's like I don't know. I mean, it's good that they won, obviously. Like. And not only did they win, they crushed him. Uh, but, like, I just don't know what to make out of this game moving forward. Like, RJ, so many players had, like, career games or, like, their best performance in, like, such a long time. Like, you know, players were like having their first force fumble. Like, multiple players had that. You know, mul- Josh Sweat first multi-sack game in a long time. Like, there were so many, like, things like that which, like, it's not sustainable. Like, you're just playing a really, really bad team, and you beat that really bad team, and you beat them really badly with a great score, again, as you mentioned, 44-6. to 6. Uh, But, like, the big question coming out of this game is, like, have the Eagles found their identity? Are they uh, going to be a running team now? It's like, this. like, that's not, that's obviously not, no, like, they're not going to be able to do this every week. And, like, everyone's like, well, they're playing the Chargers this week, and the Chargers have the league's worst run defense. Oh, well, it's like, part of that is by design because Brandon Staley is going to invite the run against teams that have good quarterbacks. Um, I feel like against the Eagles, he's not going to do that, and he's going to challenge Jalen Hurts to throw. Jalen Hurts didn't really look great in this game to me. Now, obviously, he only attempted, what, 14 passes, and he completed nine of them. And they didn't need him to be great uh, to win this game. And that's fine, but, like, it doesn't mean a lot, I guess, in terms of, like, Jalen Hurts, to me, did nothing to improve his stock as like you know trying to prove himself as the franchise quarterback he didn't damage it necessarily um but i I would argue that he did in the sense that like if he's not improving he is damaging it like because if he stays even like he's falling behind he's not that it's not just like you know because like the bar is very high and he has to clear that and he still has a long way to go
1: um am i being too down on this i don't think so i mentioned this on monday football monday on the espionation nfl show and this is admittedly like box score you know uh Surface level scouting, um, you know, before I had a chance to go back and watch every game on on a deeper level. But like, so the Eagles dropped forty four points, and he had what like hundred seven passing yards, whatever it was. Like that just doesn't make sense in in your mind, you know what I mean? Like when you first see it, and I just feel like, you know, I don't know. I mean, and it like I don't. I I promise this isn't the like, well, BLG said the Cowboys won of the Super Bowl. Let me find a way to just like rub it in everybody's face thing now. But like in a weird way. I kind of feel like you should be bummed. And I know that's a weird take, but like, so there's no question that the Eagles, you know, future is all they have right now. Right now, currently three of the top nine draft picks in the uh, 2022 NFL draft order. Everything is about the future when it comes to the Eagles. And so like, and we talked about this last week, and I know you talked about it at BGN. Like, we're kind of at the point where we... You might need to see Gardner Minshew just to like answer questions and and not even like questions about Gardner Minshew, but about Devontae Smith. Like you got to get Devontae in a situation where you can see him thrive because right now I, I would assume the fear on a deep level that no Eagles fan wants to say out loud is that you didn't draft the best wide receiver in the class again. And not that the Eagles were in a position to draft Jamar Chase, but, you know, and I, I loved your comp. I, I thought, I, I definitely agree with you that maybe people were overlooking Devontae Smith the way people looked over Justin Jefferson last year, ironically. And so, like, that would be a bitter pill to swallow if you, I don't want to say miss two years in a row because Devontae Smith's not Jalen Rager by any stretch. He certainly looks great in the limited, yeah. limited, nice moments he's been offered from Jalen Hurts, but you have to give him more. Like, even if like at one game, and this I'm exaggerating here, but it's like, we're just gonna throw it to Devontae 30 times because we got to see this dude ball out. Like, that's what this should be about. It should be about that type of experimentation. And I don't think Jalen Hurts can do that.
2: Uh, That's a really good point. I think there does come a point. It's just like, how are you supposed to know exactly what these wide receivers are when you can't rely? Like, so that's the weird thing about this, RJ, because it's like, if the Eagles goal this year is to just like maximize wins at all costs, then yeah, run the ball a lot. But like, that is not your
1: goal. Yeah, like you're lying to yourself. That's your goal.
2: Because that's, because honestly, that's the goal of most seasons for most teams. That's how people are like sure. wired to think. Everyone like goes into a season in most years, not every year, but in most more years than not. Like, hey, we're we're competing for the Super Bowl this year, at least in theory. But like, I don't think people like like to admit or want to take that step back and like realize that that is not the Eagles' really ultimate goal this year. They're not just trying to maximize wins at all costs. They're trying to like discover learn it's a fact-finding mission you could say about like trying to discover what learn what they have in this team so that's kind of like that's what makes me unsatisfied with like the whole running like obviously Nick Sirianni should have been running the ball more than ever like he was he took it to the extreme of not running enough but like they can't just base the offense around this and like and that's their model moving forward and now they're the Ravens and Jalen Hurts is Lamar Jackson like no that's not what's happening here like the fact here's how here's how I phrased it in my recap the Eagles offense, RJ, was at at its best this year. When the quarterback was involved less than ever. Like think about that. Like that's not a good spot to be in. And like again, I always hate to 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 quote hate or on Jalen Hurts cuz I'm not. It's not about like I think he's a bum or whatever. I just I think he's a limited player and I think it's hard for people to accept that reality sometimes. Um, So it's frustrating. Well, and that's what uh, I because
1: this this game like feeds the the narrative like or the hive. You know what I mean? Like, see, told you. You know what I mean? Like, if you just if you just give him time, if the offense, you know what I mean? Like, it it feeds. He's a that, rookie. No, he's yeah, not. like he, he's still learning. I and so like I I don't know. That's I don't want to like you know totally poo poo this. I mean, it's a it's a good win. It's a nice win. It's a nice sure. thing to stop the skid and to you know enter November with some positive vibes. But um. But I don't know, man, like it's just, you know, everything right now is about future capital. And like if, if your time to run the ball is is when Miles Sanders is not there, like what are you doing? Like it, like the math of anything, like people, people that are super old school, like football, archaic mind, love to be all, uh, you know, these analytics, they're not going to take, you know, the analytics don't factor in for how the players feel and all that. And, and they love to say like you people go too far with analytics. And I don't know that I think there's a too far point with this stuff. But Nick Sirianni is is like flirting with the idea of going too far, like because that's the like, dude, you can run the ball, you know, like like no no one is saying never run the ball, and now he's like regressing too hard to like overcompensate. Well,
2: that's what the Eagles do. They're they're classic overcorrectors. Uh, last thing I want to say in Hertz is like. There are moments in this game, and our our good uh, film reviewer at Johnny Page Nine on Twitter has some of these clips posted on Twitter, and we'll be posting this on Bleeding Green Nation, the All Twenty Two review of the Lions game. But like, there are just some plays where it's a totally clean pocket, and against like not even a good Lions pass rush, and Jalen Hurts is just bailing for no reason. And, like, he's and he's missing, like, an open Devontae Smith. There's a clip of that example like that. And it's just, like, Devontae runs a great route, open, potential touchdown. And for no reason, when Jalen Hurts looking at him, just, like, decides not to throw it and scrambles left instead. And he forces a pass to, to Dallas Goddard that gets tipped and it's incomplete and the Eagles settle for a field goal instead of a touchdown. Like, that's a big deal. Like, that doesn't show up on the box score as, like, this, you know, terrible interception. But, like, that's that's a really bad play. And that happens, just I think, too often. And I don't think it's just an experience. Like, this is who Jalen Hurts was in college too like he has limitations as a passer and it's frustrating and it's just kind of hollow in the sense again that like it's not even like the Eagles ran the ball and dominated with like a running back who you know profiles to be like Ezekiel Elliott or Derrick Henry or someone and like oh man that like that running back we it's like Boston Scott and who didn't even have a touch until last week and Jordan Howard was on the practice squad like these aren't like building blocks for the future these are like nice players who can help the team win right now but like are they really like foundational members of the future so i I, people are gonna like probably be mad at me for not being like so excited about this win i'm not like like bummed about it but i'm just not feeling like amazing about it
1: um i i don't want to do this but like there's a lot of context here that i'm just gonna not include for the sake of time, but it also says something about Jalen hurts that the quarterback who undisputably replaced him in college at Alabama is the guy who the Miami dolphins are like dying to move on from into a, you know what I mean? Like, and then sure. things are, things are different. Like it's the NFL now, like, you know, it's college, like there are different skill sets and different, different factors at play here, but you know, just that's, that's a worth hard, mentioning. Yeah. It's, it's something that's a little bit hard to get out of your mind entirely. Um, so you know, it is what it is, but, uh, Hey, the Eagles I've, I've said all along that I think they're the second best team in the NFC East. And look at them now. And, uh, last thing, uh, like related to the Eagles, we mentioned the draft capital that belongs to them. They own, speaking of two, uh, interesting tie there, uh, obviously their first round pick. And Indianapolis, BLG, is faltering. They're three and five. Carson Wentz, yikes, Basuda. Um, and objectively, what would you do if you ran the Indianapolis Colts? Because I think the like I was asking my wife this, you know, sometimes I like to bounce some ideas off of her you because know, I'm like, I'm getting in the lab with BLG. We're going to be debating this, whatever. Yeah. And, and she's like, yeah, you bench him. You know, like that's what you do. You, you save the first round pick. And I'm like, here's the thing, though. Like if if there's one quarterback in the world who would struggle with that, even for the like good of the team. It would be this dude. Like, it's it's a fascinating story to watch unfold. I think that Carson Wentz is going to lose to Mike White on Thursday, and so like, what do you like? I, I feel like you have to bench him, but I don't know that that works out. Like, I still don't know if I think that's going to be an Eagles first round pick or not.
2: I mean, if they lose to the Jets and then they give the Jags after that, then they're three and seven, and I think it's possible that that happens. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they at least split those games, and if not win both of them. Uh I don't I don't think the Colts are gonna bench Carson Wentz because if you do, I think be so like dumb, that
1: means dude. I mean it works out for you, but that would be so dumb.
2: I well, yeah. So you asked me what would I do? I'd get a time machine and never trade for it. But like if I'm in the situation right now, uh like I think Here's the thing. If they bend Carson Wentz, it's over. Carson Wentz era in Indy is over, and I don't think they're ready for it to be over. So should it be over? Yes, you can make the case for that. But realistically, it, like, are they going to do that? I don't think they're going to do that this soon. And if you look at his current pace, and I mentioned this on the Oddcast, uh with stats, like Carson Wentz is currently on pace to read 75% of the snaps by week 13, which is like early December. And that's right before their week 14 by. I just feel like they're going to still be in it enough and the Derrick Henry injury even though the Titans now have this, you know, head-to-head tiebreaker and they're a couple games up in the standings but the Derrick Henry Henry injury in theory like might have them thinking like okay, Henry's out, the Titans, you know, maybe they'll slip at some point here uh, even if that's not realistic. I just I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they bench him. I I I just don't.
1: I'm with you and I agree with you like it's it's amazing to think they voluntarily signed up for this you know what I mean like that's and they paid to do it um it's just it's amazing um okay we it's, no, it's you, garbage
2: you one last thing it's garbage it's garbage whenever you're like oh the quarterback it's not his fault like Sam Darnold Carson Wentz it's not their fault we just have to get him in the right place no that doesn't happen it happened with Ryan Tannehill that is very much the exception to the rule it is not the rule anyway
1: uh Quickly, this has nothing to do with the NFC East, or it actually might. But you know how like teams have now tried to recapture Ryan Tannehill. Like they've tried to rebrand that archetype, right? Like let's take the guy, and it was it was just the team, and it was the offensive coordinator, whatever, and we'll get him here, and it'll it'll be great. Carson's a little bit more unique. We're going to reunite him with Frank Reich, etc. Everybody thought that was going to be Sam Donald this year in Carolina. The new architect, BLG, people are going to be looking for is the matthew stafford archetype oh he's in, he's been playing at an mvp level he's just been trapped by that team et cetera. let's yeah. let's get him out of that culture and you know who that guy's going to be in 2022 who Derek carr
2: yeah could be yeah i don't know uh, though i mean the raiders might have a good season here and
1: do something we'll, we'll see they do play the new york football giants next we'll get to them and the washington football team right after this break
3: When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome back. BLG, you did something extraordinary, you said during the break. What did you do? I was
2: sitting here, honestly, because I was just shocked by how smooth of a transition you just did there from Derek Carr and the Raiders <laughs> to the Giants. So I just I couldn't even move, honestly.
1: Um, you know, we have had some good vibes going here on, on the odd podcast. Goodness gracious. On the NFC. <laughs> oh, his of, favorite uh, podcast comes up subliminally, uh, subliminally. As of late, you know. What does the, my hat say, RJ? Uh, it says positive vibes. People can't see it, but that's what it says. Right. Anyway, well, they, they will see the hat in the clip that I share on Twitter of you saying the Cowboys are okay. going to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, they will see nice. that. Um, but um, I did want to say one thing that has nothing to do with the NFC East, uh, something that BLG is incredibly wrong about. And I don't know what, you know, is the middle of this Venn diagram of like, Cowboys and Eagles fans and Survivor fans that have wound up here. But this season (laughs) of Survivor sucks. And I just want to get that on record because BLG refuses to admit it. So when we get to the end of the season and BLG's trying to claim, like, oh yeah, this season sucks. I want proof that he tried to die on this hill.
2: I'm never going to say that. So I'm enjoying it. I'm genuinely having fun. I'm
1: happy for you that you are. But objectively, you can say that it's not as it's not, it's one of the worst seasons of the show has ever had. I don't think about it that way.
2: I think about, am I enjoying watching this television program that I am watching with my eyes right now? Yes, I am. So it's good. I'm having fun. It's great. I like it. You know what? You know why you like
1: it? Hang out with Wendell and Bryce. It's awesome. You know why you like it. And the watch probably would be very cool. Shout out to Wendell Uh, BG Enter. Yeah, uh, like BGN Radio, or at least uh, once upon a time. Correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, wrong, you know, But well, whatever. I was close. You think anyway. Rob? Rob was well, on. Anyway. No, Laurel. Laurel was who was on. I knew there was somebody from that. Season.
2: She wasn't on, but she used to be a big fan of BGN okay, Radio. Okay, I was close. Show back in the day. Anyway, Any,
1: anyway, what I was gonna say, the joke I was gonna make was that the reason you like it is because of that stupid hourglass reverse time thing. That's what you would use on Carson Wentz if you were the Indianapolis Colts.
2: That is like, so the one thing I will say is the (laughs) the props in this season just make no sense. Like here's a dice or a die, but you don't roll it. And here's an hourglass, but you don't turn it over. Like, what what are we doing (laughs) anyway? um,
1: Anyway, Um, okay. we only talking about the giants. No, the, we can't talk about the Giants. About we have to go in team. order. Yeah, these, these are truly the props of the NFC East. That's what Washington and New York are. Uh, but Washington is in third place. BLG tried to be quick-witted back after week one uh, about the NFC East standings, and look at him here in week nine. Doesn't even know the divisional standings. Embarrassing for you, BLG. But I thought, mistakenly, that the Washington football team would beat the Denver Broncos because the Broncos are some of the biggest frauds in the NFL. I was wrong. Happy to be wrong because I don't like to see Washington win. This is maybe the worst loss in the Ron Rivera era, and that is saying something for this Washington football team.
2: Just no juice, as I always say, with the football team. There's not a lot to be excited about. Is there even a lot to be, like, furious about? Like, it's just – I mean, in the long term, obviously, but, like, in the short term, like – what are they supposed to do differently? Like, what would, what would you rather have them do that they're not doing right now? Like they're just kind of stuck in a bad spot. And honestly, as we've talked about before, it's probably better that they're losing for the long term and getting maybe a chance at getting a new quarterback or something. But uh, like, I, I don't see the value in them all of a sudden like turning
1: their season around just to, you know, not make the playoffs anyway, but just ruin their draft position. So I do an article at Blogging the Boys every week uh, that, that is kind of baked around this podcast and so people can go read it. And I like to include something that's happening at Bleeding Green Nation in Hogshaven and Big Blue View, our NFC East rival sites here at SB Nation. And I want to read you this, BLG, from Hogshaven this week in the aftermath of the team's loss to the Denver Broncos. Washington's on a bye, and sometimes when your team is bad and on a bye, you, you take a long, hard look in the mirror. Um, here we go. I had been extremely stoked for what this rebranding opportunity would mean for Washington when I believed in Jason Wright and Ron Rivera enough to believe that they could make it all work in spite of the Snyders. However, having seen the dog's breakfast that Jason Wright's team made of the Sean Taylor number retirement and the absolute wasteland that seems to be Ron Rivera's plan for turning this talented roster into a talented football team, no pun intended, I've lost all the belief that I had been filled with until a month ago. The game in Denver was the final straw for me. I've given up on the 2021 season. I no longer believe that the current executives and coaches can manage the massive opportunity before us with the rebrand. We are in Snyder purgatory, and there is no way out.
2: Yeah. I mean, shout out to former Survivor player Rick Devins who mm. has a podcast, I believe, called Surviving Snyder, I guess, that you listen to?
1: I think he was on the podcast with okay. Dalton Ross, who is a host of the podcast. Uh, gotcha. Dalton Dalton covers like Reality TV for uh, e like entertainment, um, but yeah, Rick Devons made some bad mistakes um, in Survivor and in life, choosing to follow this team. And I actually this this is a really long post, and I linked to it in our article, and highly encourage everyone to go read this because it is kind of this just like indictment on the Washington football team. And an interesting point, BLG. I know I asked you before if you thought Ron Rivera would be moved on from after the season. But Washington is facing something incredibly unique, uh, certainly unique for a team that is as storied as they are uh, relative to all sports. But they are going to have a rebrand. They're going to have a new mascot there. I don't think they're going to have a new color scheme, but new logos, a whole new thing. And it does kind of make sense to kind of fully hit the restart. We kind of saw the Rams do that a little bit. I know that when they first moved to L.A. that Jeff Fisher was still the head coach. But then it was this like, OK, new look, new vibes, new uniforms coming, new stadium coming. You know, we're the Rams in L.A., blah, blah, blah. And it does kind of feel like Washington is in sore need of that kind of juice. But like, dude, who's who's going there? like who whoever you believe is the top head coaching candidate who is choosing Washington over any other potential opportunity whatever that might be whether it's vegas or if chicago comes open maybe minnesota i mean i just i can't imagine anybody signing up for this chaos
2: yeah i mean i think you can give rivera you know the beginning of next year you or, know, or, or one more season um do you know, know what do you know
1: what people are upset with him for what the washington stands are upset with him for what I'm, I'm, I'm seriously asking if you've seen this because I was not aware of the this particular gripe. Like, what would you think it would be?
2: I have no. The kicker? I don't know.
1: It is. So, okay. Ron Rivera apparently tried to make like, a point. By that's cutting. not Washington's biggest issue. <laughs> I know. But, like, when you suck, this is a thing. So, for anyone who's unaware, because I found this interesting. He cuts Dustin Hopkins. All right. Okay. All right, you move on from a really reliable kicker. He heads on out to L.A. to kick for the Chargers, BLG's actual favorite team, who also lost to the Dallas Cowboys. You bring in Chris Blewett, bad vibes. Why would you do this? Just it's the worst <laughs> kicker name ever. It's, horrible it's, decision. Um, he is now tied for the most kicks that have been blocked. Of course. In, in the, like, the last four, three or four years, and he's only attempted five field goals. I mean, just not good
2: it's in the name Chris blew Like how can, how can you seriously sign that guy as your kicker? And like, like it's, it's, it's terrible. It's always going to head towards disaster. Like it's just, it, how is that ever going to work out? Good. It's just not Washington as a whole RJ. I just don't, I don't know what to do with them. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you, I mean, make Dan Snyder sell the team. Like, okay, you can't do that. So you're just stuck here. And what do you call it again? Snyder, Oh, the okay. line
1: um, the specific, pun? the sign specifically, oh, the pun wasn't it, but the line specifically here is I've given up on the 2021 season. I no longer believe that the current executives and coaches can manage the massive opportunity before us with the rebrand. We are in the Snyder purgatory and there is the no Snyder way purgatory. out. Yeah. It sounds like I mean, a tagline for a movie. You know what I mean? Like the Snyder purgatory. There's no the way. The Snyder
2: out. cut. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <it's> Stan Snyder <laughs> instead. Sna-
1: great point we are the Justice League apparently uh so that is uh man I don't want to be that Justice League just to be clear but um yeah dude I mean like what is redeemable about their team like what there's a game I like to play sometimes with people um and I will say the answer cannot be Terry McLaurin if you had to if you had to get a Washington football team jersey or or, like you know like and I guess the answer would be Chase Young Young yeah so it can't be Terry McLaurin or Chase Young who are you getting?
2: Uh I mean maybe Montez Sweat. Uh <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know.
1: It's tough, man. Like this is a tough scene.
2: I mean Jonathan Allen, I guess, but like yeah. It's not like exciting.
1: Yeah, you're not feeling good. Even, you know, I like I love Terry McLaurin and Chase Young's a baller, but even they have had moments of disappointment this season. I mean, this is just, this is a bad team that has two wins on the season and because one of them was against the New York Giants. I mean, they are not good.
2: Cameron Teesman, that's a good
1: jersey. That's a good yeah. I, a, it is. But... It is hilarious to me that, and I don't mean to keep taking this victory lap, but that anybody picked this team to win the division. It's hilarious.
2: I know. Why would anyone do that? I can't believe you did that, of all people. It's so crazy. Their wins the one, last year were so
1: fraudulent. I mean, they were so hollow and fraudulent, and people bought in to a seven and nineteen.
2: It's really embarrassing that you did that.
1: <laughs> do you have anything else to say on Washington? I feel like we have more to rip on when it comes to the Giants. Do you have anything else to say?
2: Yeah, like that's the thing. Like the Giant, like the Washington team, the football team, isn't interesting in a bad way. Like the Giants are like a punchline that we can like. Rip them for a lot of different things like Washington. They're just, I don't know. There's nothing exciting. They're just bad. They're just plain old bad. I don't, what else am I, I don't know what else am I supposed to say? Like, and I'm going point to and be like, they should do this again. Like, it's not like, you know, Matt Nagy, he's not playing Justin Fields. Like they need to change that or, you know, whatever. Like they're like, they need to fire the head coach right now. It's, I, it's there isn't like one lever you hit and that changes everything for them.
1: No. And there's nothing that is even like kind of cool. Like, I, we're about to bag on the Giants, but like, um, like the Giants debuted those white pants that we talked about. I think they're un—oh no, they're not undefeated. They just lost in them. But I mean, like, they—they they look cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, so at least, like, if you—if you put me in a corner, you said name something the Giants have done this season that you, on some level, like. I'd be like, well, they got those white pants. They got rid of the gray ones. You know what I mean? Like. That's it. That's the thing. Like, what does Washington have? They have nothing. Dude. They have, again, and it, it was mentioned, like they botched the Sean Taylor thing. Like they are just a disaster in every sense.
2: Let's move on to the Giants then.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. So the New York football Giants. I am going to ask you this question, and I think that your answer is going to be like super. No, no, not B-O-G. No. But was any part of you, because our, our colleague, Pete Sweeney, has been served some humble pie this season, our friend who covers the Chiefs for Arrowhead Pride. Was there a part of you that was kind of like, the, and I forget the Pete part of this, the Chiefs part, of it, but just the, the citizen of chaos that you are, that was kind of rooting for a Giants victory to send the NFL into a, an even larger tailspin with the Chiefs losing to them of all teams on Monday Night Football.
2: I did want the Giants to win from the standpoint of like it would damage their draft positioning. Yes! And I think that's what's best. It, it's what they're not making the playoffs. So right, like yeah, right. that's what's best at this point. And honestly, okay. if they delude themselves into keeping Joe Judge and or, you know, Dave guttleman longer, then yeah, and that, Jason that's, Garrett. That's yeah, and Jason Garrett. That's why and Daniel Jones. That's that's why I wanted the uh Giants to win.
1: Yeah. So, for anyone who, for whatever reason, was rooting for the New York Giants, Monday had to have been infuriating. I mean, that they should have won. Like, they should have won. The Chiefs are terrible, but the Giants are utter cowards, dude. They are cowards joe judge loves loves to talk about accountability and discipline and we're gonna run laps and his team continues to commit personal fouls like i i hate taunting like i hate the penalty and i think it's hilarious that it backfired on the giants of all teams who instituted this chaos upon us but have i ever told you uh my philosophy on life called the purple pants rule
2: no uh, so, yes, you have mentioned this before, but I can't remember.
1: Well, so what it is simply is, you know, we love our jobs, BLG. We get these jobs that make us sign contracts. You got to do this. It's your, these are your obligations, whatever. You can't do this, whatever, blah, blah, If in your job they said, BLG, we'll pay you all this money. We'll give you all this free candy corn. Uh, this is what you got to do for us. But by the way, you can't wear purple pants to work on Wednesdays, even though you work from home. You know, you know, you're bouncing around Eagles camp, but you can't wear purple pants to work on Wednesdays. That's a dumb rule, right? But it's a rule and you signed the contract, right? Like you understand, well, is a dumb rule, but like I'm committing to this. So who, if you wear purple pants to work on Wednesdays, who's the fool? You're the fool because you signed the contract. And so the taunting rule to me is kind of the same thing. Like we're deep enough into the season where, you know, the rule you can't like, it's dumb. It's a dumb rule. We all agree. It's dumb, but if you do it, you're the dumb one and you're the one who's wrong here. And that's what happened here. And the giants just can't absorb the philosophy from Joe judge, so to speak.
2: Uh, I was talking again about this with stats in the podcast cause we cover Monday night football and like, and I think Ed said it well, our good friend, you know, Ed Valentine from big blue view. It's like he kind of acknowledged that there might be people out there or whatever kind of saying like, Oh, moral victory or whatever. It's like, there are no moral victories when you drop to two and six and you're the worst team in the NFL since 2017. Like that's, that's not like, Oh, we're making progress. No, like you're not like, you're just, you're still really bad. It doesn't matter that you lost in a close way. Like you're a really bad team. It's another lost season for the Giants once again. And like, where are they? Where? Where? Like, okay, they're building something. Really? Are they? Like, wh- what do you feel good about? What do you feel really strongly about? Because Joe Judge is a big reason why they lost the game. Because they kicked a freaking field goal Coward. against the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs. On the again. road
1: I don't- against the Chiefs
2: on the road. And I don't I know the Chiefs obviously aren't
1: the Chiefs right now, but they're still like a Chiefs team that if, if they'd gotten the win, it would have felt like they were the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Like and that's the the power of the narrative. Like you're right, but right. if they if they had gotten that win it would have been the Giants just went and beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. You're totally right, but that's why you go for that, dude. I just can't understand.
2: Mm-hmm. Also, like Joe Judge complaining about the headset thing is like the weakest thing, even if it's true. Let's like I'll give him in this hypothetical, at least like the (laughs) grace of saying it's true. Why would you complain about it after the game? Because like you're talking about accountability and discipline and everything that just makes you look like a big whiner and like a big like like, you're trying (laughs) to like, you know, say it's not my fault. Like, dude. Like, even if it's true, you don't say that publicly. You address it privately with the league and everything. Like, there's protocol for that. And the league actually came out. I don't know. Did you see this, like, the statement from, like, the league and the Bose and everything? And they were like, well, we didn't, you know, there were there weren't any issues that we saw with, reported at the time. What,
1: what BLG is mentioning, by the way, is the, the league was specific to actually say, we find no issues with the Bose headsets. So the NFL not only dragged Joe Judge, but they protected their corporate sponsor. They have to, yeah dude, this was so weak. And then like, I don't know if you like heard the clip or if you just saw this like on Twitter, but he actually, so he's, he says like, you know, the headset thing and he he openly admits this, right? Like this is Joe judge, like completely starting this. And then he's asked about this. And he's like, look, I don't want to make this about headsets. What do you mean? You don't <laughs> like, Joe, Yo, you're the brought one who, it up. Yeah, Like, you know, like, and he's almost like, like trying to prevent what you just did. Like, I don't, I don't want to be whining about, you know, we, we lost, you know, we have, we have a lot to, we have to watch the tape and, and get in the lab and we have to fix things, but like, don't get me wrong. I'm not making this about headsets, but here's the other thing, BLG, like I, I respect that you are kind-hearted enough to offer the grace to Joe Judge that this could hypothetically potentially maybe possibly be true but dude you decided to voice something about this after your eighth game of the season like I just I, I mean I'm not uh like above admitting that maybe this happened on Monday night but the idea mm-hmm. that it has been a thing all week or all season long I find that hard to
2: well, you well, I would say it's even less of an excuse to not be prepared. Like if it's happened before, like he's saying, don't you think there'd be some kind of like backup plan in place? Like, hey, let's have something ready in case this happens again. So and and if if you know if that's the truth, then there wasn't one. So anyway you slice it, like he's the blame. Uh, coward and a loser, really.
1: <laughs> um, I tweeted this out on Monday night. I think you know it off the top of your head. If you saw my tweet, uh, go ahead and admit it did you see my tweet about the Giants record through eight games in each of the last five years? No. Okay. So I want you to guess their record. This is from, so 2017 on the Giants are tied for the fewest amount of wins since 2017 with their, um, their roommates, uh, the New York jets. They technically have one more loss than them because the jets have had their buy this year, but um, okay. So this is through eight games. What do you think the Giants record was in 2017 Eagle Super Bowl season?
2: Uh, I think it was like were they what like one in seven?
1: Boom, one for one. Blg, two thousand eighteen.
2: Two thousand eighteen. I'm gonna say they were two and six.
1: Mm, wrong. Fifty percent success rate. Two thousand nineteen.
2: Well, what were they instead? They
1: were they were one in seven. So you actually giving them okay. too much credit.
2: Uh, so two thousand nineteen. Let's say two and six.
1: Boom! You're back. All right, so two for three. So one and seven in 2017, one and seven in 2018, two and six in 2019, 2020, last year, through eight games.
2: One one and seven.
1: Boom, three for four. He is heating up. Can BLG end on fire? What is their record this year through eight games? Two and six. (laughs) Yes, 80%. You're the second best performer at this game, just like the Philadelphia Eagles. So through eight games in each Of the last five years, they have failed to register three wins.
2: Pretty good stuff. (laughs) This, despite having, you know, like top picks and everything too, you know, because they are so bad, like in a league that's designed to help the teams at the bottom, like move up.
1: Not only top picks like that, that they've earned, right. But they also picked up draft capital from trades. Like they traded Odo Beckham Jr. in this time. You know what I mean? Like I just, a total disaster. I mean, who's actually been worse since they broke up, Odell or the Giants? Um, I mean, Odell hasn't been
2: amazing, but I would say, you know, he hasn't been like a punchline. He hasn't been That's a total true. embarrassment. That's uh, I I have one more thing on the Giants, RJ. And and this tweet comes from a uh, former Eagles beat writer and a guy I know. and call him a friend, uh, Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the Giants now for NewJersey.com. All right. This is the tweet that I shared with you. So you already know it, but I have to share it with listeners. <laughs> Mike White had 405 yards in his first ever start. He also got a win at MetLife over a possible playoff team in the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Daniel Jones has never thrown for 405 yards in his entire career. And he only has five career wins in 19 tries at MetLife. Four of those wins were against NFC East opponents. So, you know, pretty bad competition. And the other was Sam Darnold's Panthers this year. In a game that Sam Donald he was the Giants game, right? Or no?
1: Um, yes.
2: Okay, so that's I mean, Mike White, might Mike, Mike White. Mike White, not the Mike White from Survivor and Emoji movie no, and right. uh school of rock, but Mike White, the Jets quarterback, is the king of North Jersey, not Daniel Jones.
1: It's tough, man. Um I, I think Dan and I know you agree. Daniel Jones is the least of those problems, like of of the four, I guess. Uh, Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, Dave Gettleman. Daniel's the most salvageable, or at least the one sure. that like you know we're willing to see with somebody else. Like it's certainly mm-hmm. more deserving of another shot than any of these others. Um, dude, their offense is among the very worst in just about every statistic since Jason Garrett took over as offensive coordinator. The thing to me that is unbelievable is this was totally predictable. Like you're, and it's, it's not even like, you know, like we're, I'd like to say we're in the know, you know, we study, we pay attention, but like your average football fan, BLG could have told you this was like 100% predictable and the Giants still did it and doubled down. You know what I mean? Like, it's just amazing when you really think about it.
2: Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions, um, yeah, that's the New York Giants for you
1: um they are bad they are awful um it's time to predict i don't know if we got our predictions right i think we both picked denver to lose to washington last week so maybe that Probably. was the only game we whiffed on we also both picked the lions to win so we were both wrong there uh so yeah. time to pick this or oh, wait what did you were you not wrong you picked the, the lions no i just meant like eh,
2: like who cares uh, Okay, or, or, um, like who cares like the we the eagles didn't deserve the benefit of the doubt it's quite okay that we Doubted them.
1: Um. True. The Dallas Cowboys return home. They have two home games in a row before they head to Kansas City BLG. They host the Denver Broncos this week. I've got the Cowboys, obviously, for the official record. You have? Cowboys. I mean, Ed, Cooper. Rush the team, the team getting, you have uh, winning the Super Cowboys. Bowl, just to be very clear.
2: I mean, I don't want it to happen, to be clear, but I'm <laughs> saying I think it will happen.
1: I also think we both believe in the power of narrative, and it would be. Fitting. I mean, it would it would be more than poetic. It would almost be like destiny for the first year that you do a podcast that partly centers on coverage of the Dallas Cowboys for that's, them to win. That's the honestly Super Bowl. part
2: of why I, I picked it. <laughs> and look, I picked the Buccaneers last year to win the Super Bowl before a lot of people did. And I and I was right about that. And I'm gonna be right about this. How the, sadly,
1: The Philadelphia Eagles host the Los Angeles Chargers uh this week. So I don't know, man. I mean the chargers have lost some steam and, and that's not to say they can't get back on it, but um, this is closer than I would have personally liked to see, but I don't know. It's Brandon Staley time. Here's the thing. Brandon Staley's had these moments where I, you know, he's lost some shine. Brandon Staley, everybody killed Mike McCarthy. I mentioned this at the end of their game against the chargers for his, you know, clock management Brandon Staley didn't call a single timeout all right and you know basically let the Cowboys beat him he got destroyed by the Baltimore Ravens and just got destroyed relatively speaking by the New England Patriots if Brandon Staley was the guy who like hung up on the Eagles canceled his trip there whatever blah blah and then goes to Philly and loses to Nick Sirianni bad look
2: I mean I can absolutely see that happening I can absolutely see the chargers losing this game because i've been hyping up justin herbert and everyone's like yeah. oh well, you like justin herbert and now he just lost to Jalen Hurts. so you like brandon staley
1: you r- you wrote the post about how the eagles right. you know lost out oh how how yeah. stupid do you feel
2: so for that reason i will take the eagles because that's exactly how it's going to play <laughs> out
1: um you know what i'm in a good mood i think the eagles win i just because the chargers they're they're you know dude it's like um you ever like um I don't know, like you break in like a shoe or something or, or a glove and you think it's broken in and then you, you take it out from where, like however you're breaking in, it, it just like reforms to the way you didn't want it. Mm. That's what the Chargers are doing. They're reforming to the Chargers of old, which is not good to see. Um, okay, the, uh, the Washington football team is on a bye, so no game for them. The New York football Giants, you actually caught this. I did not. Um, playing off of Monday Night Football will host the Las Vegas Raiders who are coming off of their bye literally yeah. the biggest discrepancy and rest that you can possibly have an unfair shape for the new york giants
2: in a weird situation for the raiders obviously with henry ruggs being involved in i mean an accident a car accident that uh you know resulted in the death of a person uh so i don't really I mean to a season for the raiders obviously for different reasons i'm not comparing like this to the you know the Green thing that was it's just so it's really weird is the point i'm trying to say in in this weird awkward way it's just like i don't i don't totally know what to make of the raiders right now in light of this very tragic incident but um because like i I don't know i don't know like how that impacts a team it seems crazy but uh from a football perspective i think the raiders have been playing legitimately good football since gruden has been fired i've seen like some numbers going around that like their play action has gone way up since gruden was fired so it seems like they're kind of adapting almost more of a modern NFL offense with him gone. And uh, I mean, the giants are just so bad and the rest advantage, you, you know, you factor that in here. I mean, how could you not take the Raiders?
1: Um, Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you're right. I mean, football is the least important thing in the grand scheme of life. And, you know, BLG and I are here to talk about the football at all. And the Raiders are going to be the team that plays the giants in a football game on Sunday, but you're right. I mean, the giants are so bad. I don't know how you pick against the Raiders this week. Um, so, Hey, it is what it is. The New York Giants BLG will be back on primetime in a couple of weeks um, on Monday Night Football again um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And actually, I wanted to point this out to you. This uh, comes to us. um, We actually, you mentioned this, this uh, show got delayed, the recording of it because of the trade that the Eagles pulled off after hours, which made your life difficult. But uh, this tweet comes to you from your BGN radio co-host, Jimmy Kemski. So the sixth round draft pick that the Eagles are sending to the Broncos is whichever ends up being the lesser of the two sixth round picks that the Eagles own. Um, and the exactly. Jet And the Jets pick that they own uh, from the Joe Flacco trade last week was originally owned by the Buccaneers, so that will likely be the one sent to the Broncos so there we really go. You solved you, the mystery you traded the pick um for Joe so you traded Joe Flacco for this guy. I guess it's kind of the net trade
2: very, very good. <laughs> Can't wait to see. I, I What's the name? Kerry Vincent Jr. I have to keep looking it up because I keep forgetting. KBJ. um Really exciting.
1: Um, You said it all, BLG. You really said it all. Every Eagles fan, in case you don't know, he is on Twitter at Brandon Gunn. He had his Twitter profile picture be the blog of the boys logo already once this season. He came on here onto your podcast network and said that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this season. What a time to be alive, BLG. No. Anyway, uh everybody, we love you. Subscribe to the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, the Living Nation Podcast Network, leave a rating, ride a review, follow B on Twitter. Uh B L G on Twitter at Brandon Gotten. Follow me on Twitter at RGO at BLG. As always, the last word belongs to you. Actually, we need three words. Three words to end the show. Go.
2: Eat more pizza.